0: Gracious Lord, I ask that within my words, there would be life-giving, gospel-filled hope. We pray this in Christ's name, amen. Amen. Please be seated. Back in the late 1980s, there was a book published by Michael Deaver, who was on the White House staff for President Reagan. And I finally have searched this down enough that I've got the facts so I can finally put it in a sermon. Because I still do think facts matter. But this was uh, an occasion where President Reagan and Nancy Reagan went to the National Cathedral, apparently for the first time, for a worship service that was a Eucharist. And uh, according to Michael Deaver, when Nancy Reagan looked up and saw that everybody was drinking from a common chalice, she hissed and said, Really? And he coached her to to tell her how to do intinction. So when she came up and she told Ronald, do what I do. And so they went up to the altar rail and whenever they, the she got the wafer, she held onto it, the chalice came around and when the chalice came, she went to dip it into the chalice and she dropped it. And I think the minister just kind of panicked and went on. And so when they got to Ronald Reagan, he just threw it in the chalice. <laughs> and Michael Deaver wrote this, he said, He said after Nancy dropped it, he said, this prompted the kneeling, peering, guidance-seeking president next at the communion rail to do the same. I watched the minister move on, shaking his head, staring at these blobs of gunk floating in his wine. (laughs) We all need guidance at some point, hopefully good guidance, and um, that's just part of, of how we grow and how we do things. I think some of y'all know that um, I'm weird and that I'm a bivocational priest. I have a weekday job that I do as a trademark and patent attorney. And I will tell you that when I first got out of law school and I started at a big firm, I was so incredibly lucky because I had a fantastic mentor. I had a mentor that took me under his wings who not only taught me the law, he taught me how to balance family and work. He taught me what it was really to become a professional. He taught me Things like how to deal with, with a client that wanted to lie, how you immediately cut him off and don't give it any air. He taught me so many wonderful things and helped me grow um, beyond where I was and to, keep on this, uh, to start on this road of really progressing in this way. And I think that's not uncommon. Whatever profession you're in, whatever you do, we all have important mentors. I think about um, a professional that I was talking with on Friday that was talking about how this professional had a mentor early on in the career that helped them to lean into um, places where they were uncomfortable to see they could do more than they expected to learn what it is to actually function in that uncomfortable zone and get out in these different kinds of places. All of us have people, I think, if we look back who are mentors that way, who've helped us to grow. And I wanna suggest to you that in our Christian journeys, it's the same thing. There are people in our Christian journeys who help us learn what it is to embody faith, hope, and love, that help teach us these things. Today, as Chris mentioned at the start of the service is All Saints Day, actually it was back on November 1st, but we, it's so important we transfer it to this day because we're gonna celebrate it, that's why the color today is in white and so on and so forth, because we wanna celebrate. And part of this celebration, I think is being mindful of all those people who've helped us on this journey and come to a place of gratitude. And along with that, I think there is something about this day that beckons and calls us to step into that, own, that role ourselves and helping others. And I want to talk about both of those. Um, today, as we think about all saints, let, let me do, uh, talk, to go back to one of my, uh, my own lifetime saints, I think about Billy Abraham. And whenever Billy Abraham would speak, um, he was a theology professor I had. He would always do his, what he called throat clearing at the start of the talk. So I'm doing some throat clearing to set some things up. First of all, is to just ask, what is this feast day of all saints? That, well, this is a really ancient feast day in the church. It goes back, um, allegedly scholars say it started back in Ireland, it moved to England, it eventually went to Rome, and by the ninth century we get Pope Gregory IV writing to Emperor Louis the Pious saying this should be a feast day through the whole empire. But there were also precursors before that because you get St. John Chrysostom in the, in the year 407 talking about a day that's been established to think about the martyrs who've died for their faith. A day to recognize all these martyrs. So there's, there's always been this tradition going way back, at least to the fifth century, of celebrating those who've gone before, whether they were martyrs or whether they were just people who were these um, great people in the faith. So that's kind of the, a little quick snapshot of kind of what this day is about. We have it in the calendar every November where we're going to celebrate th- this. And I, and I think the other throat clearing before we go deeper is to maybe stop and think for just a second about why do we need these people? Why do we need these kinds of saints? And I think if we're honest, we would admit that living out your Christian faith in the world has always been difficult. It's always been to some measure countercultural. It's always been to some measure difficult because it goes against part of our fallen nature. There are all these things I think that we need people to show us how to do it and examples because it's not an easy thing. I think about um, many different examples I could give. One that comes out of the Alpha Course that they talk about is the hard rocker that at least the boomers in the room will know, Alice Cooper. Back in the day, he used to do this theater of death where he would bring snakes and bats and all kinds of stuff on stage. He got to a place in life where he was drinking a bottle of whiskey every day. And he, his hitting rock bottom was when he started throwing up blood. And eventually his wife, who stayed with him through this whole thing, is the one who helped him get to a place of finding faith. And he became a Christian. And he, to this day, he's a Christian, been a Christian for 40 something years. But he talks about this. He's, this is a quote from me, he says, It hasn't been easy combining religion and rock. It's the most rebellious thing I've ever done. Drinking liquor is easy. Trashing your hotel room is easy. But being a Christian, that's a tough call. That's real rebellion. This idea that living out our faith in the world is not an easy thing and you will face moments and times when it will absolutely be against what the people around you are doing. And part of thinking about the saints at different levels is we need people who will embody what it means to live with faith, hope and love in different contexts, in different environments, in different places. You know, um, all the different kinds of situations the world has faced, we can find where somebody has lived in that place, in a place with integrity in a place that honored God. You know, whether it's Bonhoeffer in World War II or whatever it is, there's examples of the saints. And when we look at the saints, I want to suggest that there are at least functionally two different kinds of saints. There are the shiny saints that are like St. Francis or like, you know, all these written about glorious saints that we might hold up. But there's also the kind of saints that are just the ordinary saints. The people who have in their own way and in their own time embodied faith, hope, and love in a way that made it tangible, in a way that we could see it and say, oh, that's how you do it, or that's what, we need. That's what my ne- next step is, or who became the mentors that way. We do a disservice, I think, if all we do is focus on the shiny saints, the ones who are, seem unreachable, who are way out there. I think about a couple of different um, passages you might think about. One of the writers that I like is Peter Kreeft, who is a Roman Catholic, He's a philosopher, theologian, was at Boston College, but he's also the guy who wrote the InterVarsity Press handbook on apologetics. So he covers a wide range of different things. He he talks about this. He says, Go back to Socrates, know thyself. For Socrates, there are only two kinds of people, the wise who know they are fools and fools who think they are wise. Similarly, for Christ and all the prophets, there are only two kinds of people, saints who know they are sinners and sinners who think they're saints. Which are you? That was, that's from Peter Kreeft. Or I think about this more common version, which is part of what I really wanna dwell on today. Um, I really love the way William Barclay, the professor from Glasgow, who was a biblical comment, commentator says, his definition of a saint is this. He says, saints are people whose lives make it easier for us to believe in God. That's his definition of a saint. They're people whose, the way they've lived their lives, make it easier for us to believe in God. And an aspect of all saints today, I think, is for us to think about all the people who've helped us in that kind of way. The people who have made it tangible for us. The people who have embodied faith, hope, and love in different kinds of ways. And again, I'm gonna suggest that there are two kinds of people in this category. There are the ones who are up close to us, who have been right in our lives, who've loved us very directly. And I'll say more on that in a minute. And then there are people who've loved us or who've taught us and encouraged us at a distance. And those may even be people who ne- were never alive in our lifetime. People we've met through reading Whether you're reading St. Augustine's Confessions or whether you're reading, you know, Chesterton or different people. When I think about this, I always think about Philip Yancey, who is for a long time editor of Christianity Today. But when I was severely stuck at a place in my life, I read one of his books about suffering, the book entitled Where's God When It Hurts? And it was a book that helped move me, get me unstuck and moved me. And I'm always grateful to Philip Yancey for that. But I also think about him because he's been vulnerable and honest enough to talk about his own journey and the saints who've affected him. And along the way, he wrote one of the books he wrote was on this point. It was called Soul Survivor. And just to give you an idea of it, his um, subtitle for the book was Soul Survivor. But the subtitle was How 13 Unlikely Mentors Helped My Faith Survive the Church. And if you go look at the people that he wrote about, it was people he didn't know, Martin Luther King Jr, Chesterton, people like that, but it was also people he did know, like Henry Nouwen, and um, who has also been influential on me. So he, he, lists, he, he gives a model of how people have embodied faith, hope and love for him that have encouraged to him. And part of this day to me is thinking about all these kinds of people and coming to a place of gratitude I know for me, I think about all the different people, at least the, the close ones who've helped me that way. I think about my grandparents and my parents. I think about my youth minister um, growing up, Pat Cannell. I think about um, uh, this rear admiral, uh, Bert Shepherd who when he retired as a rear admiral, he went straight to seminary. And I got to know him working through the camp system and the diocese I grew up in. He was so impactful to me. I think about people on the journey, I think about, uh, a priest friend of mine named Steve. I think about all these different people on this journey, and I think about all the authors, whether it's Thomas Merton and the Seven Story Mountain. I think about all these different people who've helped me on the way. And I'm wondering if we spend 10, 15 seconds just pausing right here, who's done that for you? Who are the people who've helped you on that journey? Who's helped you to grow into a person who knows what love is? Faith and hope. And make part of this day giving gratitude for those people. And I think as we continue on with that, we think about how this is not just us looking back, asking that question. It's also leaning into what's ongoing and asking the question, how how do people help us on this day and I think about this in a few minutes, right after this sermon, Chris is going to lead us in the Nicene Creed. And we're going to say this line that I believe in the communion of saints. And part of that is that believing in a community, believing in a people who have been set aside, the technical term being made holy, set aside, trying to work on these things. People who are asking the question, how do I live, love, hope, and faith? with the things that are around. That's part of what this community of the community of saints is about. And you'll probably be noticing this and experiencing this but the, the leadership of the church is more and more coming to this place where we're focused on asking, how do we help you grow as a disciple? And part of that question is we know it involves community. We, that's part of what we believe that it involves where two or three are gathered together. We encounter Christ more and more of those ways. And we're inviting you to find community more and more if you're not already there in the church and the things that we offer. And you're gonna see that continuing to grow in our church. And how that works out to all our friends online, I don't know. I mean, we're still working on maybe what that's gonna look like. But I will tell you, I did see this this week. I only learned this this week or heard this one this week. There's this guy who's so faithful. He watches every single Sunday online and he dies and he comes up to the pearly gates and he comes up to the counter with uh, St. Peter and St. Peter's looking through the logs and doing the stuff and he's looking behind him through the gates and he's seeing these beautiful mansions and the the gold-plated streets and all this and he says to St. Peter while he's flipping through the pages he says wow that looks really really amazing and St. Peter says to him yeah it really is but it may not look quite as good over there in your viewing room, where you get to look at heaven from the online. (laughs) All right, I'm not not going after our online people. It's just a joke, But, but we are grappling with what community online means. And certainly we want to emphasize on this Christian journey, how important community is and look at how Jesus built it and fostered it as a way that he built the church. And there's no getting around the community is important in our own going Christian walk. Well, another aspect of this day, I think, as we continue to think about the future and leaning into the call of what this might mean to us is to think about what it is that we do. Because if we focus on the shiny saints, we may miss that everybody in this room is called to be a saint. All of us are called to be a people who are gonna embody faith, hope, and love. And we're all broken. Nobody's perfect. I'm certainly not perfect. All of us are broken. But the question is, how do we live into this call to embody faith, hope, and love? And my question to you as you think about all these other things this coming week is, what can you do to lean into that? And, and, you know, people on this journey encourage one another. Usually you're encouraging somebody that's at a different place on their journey, probably junior to you, but not always. It can be other ways too. But what can you do? Is it when somebody asks how your weekend went, you can say, yeah, it was gorgeous, it was beautiful, I got to enjoy it, I got out and did this, this, and this, and I went to church on Sunday and it was great. Or maybe it's saying to somebody, hey, I'm praying for you. Or maybe it's just doing acts of love without anything else. Is that me doing that? Maybe it's just doing acts of love. I think about the um, Anglican priest and scholar who taught it at Oxford, uh, Michael Green, who talks about uh, a story where there was uh, a group of would-be missionaries training to go to China to be secret missionaries. You know, they're teaching English or whatever they're doing, but they're really there to present the gospel. And he tells this story in one of his writings. He says, these people training, he says, the very first day of class, the teacher entered the room and without saying a word, walked down every row of students. Finally still without saying a word she walked out of the room again and then she came back and addressed the class. Did you notice anything special about me she asked. Nobody could think of anything in particular. One student finally raised her hand. I noticed that you had on a very lovely perfume she said. The class chuckled but the teacher said that was exactly the point. It'll be a long time before any of you will be able to speak Chinese well enough to share the gospel with anyone in China. But even before you are able to do that, you can minister the sweet fragrance of Christ to these people by the quality of your lives. I wonder about the gospel lesson that Chris read about these virtues that we're called to. If we can more and more embody those things, people will smell the fragrance of Christ in our lives, it'll be its own witness. There are all kinds of ways that we can do it, as I've mentioned. So as we uh, wind up today, I wanna um, think of for just a minute and just say for a minute that I also think in all of this, there's a blessing for us. In our collect today that we started the service with, we prayed this prayer about the saints saying that they would teach us to virtuous living that would lead us to the ineffable joys prepared for for the saints. And then in our reading from Ephesians that that, um, Steve read, it talks about in there, about having the eyes of a heart enlightened, that we may know the hope to which he has called you, and what riches of glorious inheritance are prepared for the saints. The deeper we go, the more we find joy, the more we find these, these deep aspects of love, faith, and hope that take us to a new place. On this All Saints Day, may we be mindful of all of those people who've helped us on this journey, who've in one way, in small ways, big ways, near and far, have encouraged us to take the next bold step of faith on this journey. We're mindful of how we are called to be part of the communion of saints in encouraging one another in all these kinds of ways and living into the question of how do you bless others with faith, hope, and love? Let's pray. Gracious Lord, we thank you that for loving us and for calling us on a journey. And on this day, we thank you for the brothers and sisters on this journey who have encouraged us, for the people who've taught us to be loving people, for the people who've taught us a concrete hope cannot be shaken in this place. For the people who've encouraged us to reach out in love to others and to see you in it. We ask that by your grace and through your strength that you would help us to receive more of this, to be grateful in our hearts, but to also to bless others in the same way. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.